0: In season six, we're updating many of the franchise reviews we've done over the last few years based on the most recent franchise disclosure document, as well as conversations with current franchisees, as well as franchisees that closed down or had a successful exit from that franchise system. We've received a ton of insights, oftentimes off the record, from franchisee brands of anywhere from five locations to a thousand plus locations in the United States, as well as abroad. We continue to interview franchise or founders, CEOs, as well as franchisees for some of the most compelling franchise opportunities for 2023. Stay tuned to season six of Franchise Findings. Patrick Findaro here, co-founder at Vetted Biz. Excited to have on Rashad Evans, who many of you might know as a famous UFC fighter. I met him at a franchising event um in december of last year and rashad gave an impromptu speech that like blew everyone away (laughs) (laughs) and i was like man i need to have rashad on our our podcast i'd love there's got to be a lot more to to his story and sure enough doing additional research like you're quite the entrepreneur and uh you definitely have made an amazing transition from sports to business which it's not as easy as it as it should be and uh there's a lot to unpack today but rashad thanks so much for joining
1: uh patrick thank you for having me man i've been looking forward to this uh since the last time we're supposed to talk so i'm glad that we get to finally catch up no definitely
0: and next time we'll you'll have to come to our office uh down down 95 here in
1: miami yeah i need to i really need to any reason to go to Miami Beach? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not a bad place. We were chatting before we hit uh, record. I've been in Miami Beach ten years. I was in Brickell, right across on the mainland, for a oh. year. But uh, Florida lifestyle—it's—it's yeah—it's great. I mean, I spent time in the Northeast. Uh, Rashad grew up in Niagara Falls, New York. Yeah, I spent time in New York. I only lasted eighteen months. Too too intense <laughs> for me and too cold. I
1: mean, in Florida, you don't realize that you live in like. You- Like when you first move there, wow, this is great. But then at some point it just becomes like common, right? Common every day to see the nice sun and nice weather, wear shorts and flip flops, right? But then when you travel the rest of the country around between from late September to all the way March, you realize that oh there's a huge temperature difference but you kind of forget in Florida like when I travel sometimes I got to remember like there's weather there's real weather
0: I mean and and with a a daughter and a toddler daughter like I don't have to worry about like packing all these things like what to wear myself her when we go out we just go out like worse comes to worse it like rains a bit and we have like a backup plan but just having you know making that less decisions like it's nice and I think that kind of contributes to the lifestyle here.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's awesome.
0: Um so Rashad, tell me, I mean, I think you do really well having multiple businesses and income streams. Yeah. Um, which I haven't even gone down that path, but I know a lot of people have and and find it to be very hard and uh then refocus all their energy. But it looks like you enjoy that and you're excelling at it.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's been one of those things that i just been, you know, uh, wearing many hats for a long time, you know, from my days of fighting, you know, I was involved with not only, you know, starting a team, the Black Zillions team, you know, being a, a, a founder, but also being an investor in the business uh, from, from the gym standpoint, you know, getting into the gym business. At the same time, I was working with, um, you know, w- with this clothing company, Jocko, which I was part owner in Jocko. Which you know pretty much applied athletic gear for MMA guys and, and you know jujitsu guys and combat athletes. So I've been wearing different hats you know while I was you know doing MMA. So when I stopped doing MMA, I just wanted to find something that allowed me to stay busy for one, pay pretty well, but at the same time allow me to exercise that creative mind that I have. So
0: if I get this right, when you were busy like beating Chuck Liddell, you were you also were running essentially <laughs> two companies or, you know, s- significant I- investment as well as time committed to two com- two companies.
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So uh yeah, it, it was it was a bit after the Chuck Liddell, but it was like <laughs> right I also I'll say when I was uh you know, the whole John Jones phase, you know, when we after <laughs> after the whole Greg Jackson split up and I was in, in um uh, uh you know in, in Florida. That's when I set up, you know, the Black Zillions, which was a uh, a mixed martial arts team, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't even only, you know, the the gym, you know, the the team was Black Zillions, but the gym was called Jocko, and in the gym Jocko, it was a normally functioning gym where we had a regular membership, but we also had this side, you know, uh, of of the gym that was the Black Zillions for the athletes, and which really served as a good point because, you know, it, it allowed us to do advertising for the gym without. Going out and say, hey, "Hey, come and join your gym." Now everybody just wanted to come and join gym for the new. That's where the team trained at, so that went pretty well, and that kind of went. That kind of fed into the clothing business of Jocko, and Jocko was one of you know the best uh, competing uh, mixed martial arts brand you know, uh, back, you know, before the UFC started having uniforms.
0: And did you have a mentor that was kind of guiding you through all this? Yeah. Like showing you the light that you could do all these things and you.
1: Yeah. So, so my partner was, uh, was Glenn Robinson, Glenn Robinson. Uh, you know, he had iron bridge tools at the time and, uh, you know, he, he pretty much was, was, you know, my main guy when it came to walking me through this and really showing me how to, you know how to and where to put my money into kind of those those things. You know, um Glenn unfortunately passed away about three years ago, so it was been you know it, that was that was a bit of difficult thing for me to get over too. You know, because the business side of everything, but not only that, you know, I lost a really good friend of mine too, so it, it was tough.
0: And then you know, going to you know how we met with uh, Naturals to go. Maybe you tell us a little bit about that, how you moved away from just the type of work that you did from the mixed martial arts space and into an operating business, essentially yeah. a vending machine.
1: So Patrick, after the whole um after the 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 COVID, everything COVID, you know, it kinda put me in the mindset, well, it's like, what am I gonna do if I can no longer get any money from anything fighting anymore? Because that's when you know uh the sports were slow to come back and it kind of put the whole world on freeze. But it, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of scarier than that because during, during COVID, you know, it was almost looking like at some times like that was going to be the end of the, a lot of the things that we enjoy just because of the whole transmissibility of, of the virus and things like that. And people were very uncertain. So it just, it just made me think like, what do I, what would I want to do? What do I want to do outside of fighting? And, um, I found naturals to go and I found naturals to go because of this other company that I'm involved in I'm a founder in this company called Umbo which sells you know functional mushrooms and one of the skews that we have we have a functional mushroom bar which is absolutely delicious you must try it if you want to and try no, it, go to, check it out. yeah try it go to get, get, um, get com to try it out I digress later. let me yeah so once once I was trying to uh, go to naturals go because they have what's called healthy vending machines and I was like that's right up my alley but once I went there and kind of did the page and talked about the humble bars, I I really understood the concept of of what they're really trying to do. And, you know, if you look at this as just vending machines, you're missing it. You'll miss it, you know, because what this is truly about, this opportunity with natural, natural to Go, it's about unattended retail. Unattended retail, which is something that I believe is going to be the future and it's going to be everything, you know. And we kind of we're already getting trained in that space right now. Every single time you go to the store, there's so many. There's more checkout lines, self checkout lines, and there is people, you know, uh, yeah. cash attendants. So we're slowly starting to get to the to the point where you know it, it's you know people are used to doing the automation themselves. They're used to working the machine themselves. So. We're being groomed for a unattended market, you know, and an under an unattended retail space, and and I strongly believe that everything is going to be vending. Everything's going to be vending.
0: That's really interesting because I mean, today I ordered. There was an option to order from like a person and or the the self checkout at this healthy food cafe app yeah. near near our office here in Miami Beach. And I, I chose a self checkout because I wanted to see the images. I wanted to. I just yeah I thought it'd be a better experience. Um, and it was flawless. So I can yeah. only imagine like like the if if you don't need to be buying it from like the restaurant space and that if it has somewhat the good can like you know be, be preserved for weeks weeks at a time, months at a time, why buy it from a restaurant? Why, why not just buy right. it from a very convenient location?
1: Yeah, and, and, and that and that's just and that's just one aspect of it, right? Because when we're talking about vending, we're talking about ATV, all things vending right all things vending every single thing you can mention can be put in a vending machine anything that can be sold can you know what i'm saying for for the most part you can buy or hold your hand can be put in a vending machine you know you know so i'm thinking all things vend i'm thinking that this this would naturally go you know, not only do they have the vending machines where it's the ones where you have like snacks in it, they got the hot machines, they got the cold machines, the frozen soups, they got coffee machines, they got all these different kind of machines that you can have. But it's not so much about the machine as it is about unattended uh, vending, unattended retail, you know, all things vending. So for me, I'm like, you know, if I, if I want to hedge my bets and I want to be a player As far as like, you know, being able to be financially secure in the future, where am I going to hedge my bets at? And I was like, you know, everything's, you know, consumerism is going to keep on going. So if I want to be part of the consumer, yeah, exactly. So if I want to be part of the consumer market, how do I structure myself? And I was like, it's got to be unattended. People don't want to work anymore. You know, said it's hard to get help. It's so hard to get help right now. Every single store you go to, all you see is help wanted signs. You know, and, and
0: and also like people don't want to deal with people necessarily. No, like, yeah. depending on like depending what it is. Like if you're not adding that much value, like I'd rather just explore myself and,
1: right. and just do it. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, and that's and that's where um, that's where the the the, the naturals to go really took off for me, and I really started to like understand it. You know, the president of the company. If he's he follow falls around, and uh, you know he's he's been like a mentor to me, and really just kind of showing me the ropes, and kind of imparted me with some of the knowledge that he has in the business, and really you know um, helping me learn. At a really good rate of just kind of what this business is truly about, and it's like, dude, I'm looking under the hood, and and I and I just I just love I I love it. I feel like I'm excited about it, you know. And, and as somebody who used to be excited about punching people in the face, this gets me pumped <laughs> up, man. I don't know why, but it gets me pumped up. That's
0: sick. Um, so you you were selling them, and then they switched to selling you. At
1: yeah, this meeting. yeah. So yeah, so yeah. So what happened was. You know, uh, he he falls around uh, um, the president of the company and is like, hey, why don't you come out? Uh, because every every month or five to six weeks they have a training course for the new owner operators, people who bought the machines, and they said, why don't you come through and just kind of tell them what you have with the humble bar, and you know they can put it in their machines because it, it's healthy vending, right? So okay. I was like, okay, absolutely. So when I walk in there and I'm in the back room just waiting for my turn to get up and speech speak they have this segment where they do um you know your why why do you do this why do you want to do this man and they started asking each and every single person why did they want to be an owner operator and i was like sitting back there just kind of like really starting to feel what they were saying like they were like you know saying what they were saying i was resonating with it so much because you know i i um i have i wear many hats and i you know still work with you know the ufc and the espn and you know uh bet online ag i have like a bunch of different things that i still do when it comes to my analytical work with with mixed martial arts right so i, I love to do it but i i would personally love to say no to some things you know i would love to say no to some signings and some things like that because my kids my kids are getting older you know i have a you know i have a 23 year old i have a 16 year old and a 14 year old and now they're really busy into their sports right and i want to be there for them and and it's hard for me to do that now because i gotta i gotta work you know I i gotta make sure that you know i'm out there uh still still making some good money so It it just really came down to me like I'm retired from fighting, but I'm not retired in life. And I really want to, you know, find a way that I could truly get back more of my time. So then I can then I can be and have, you know, be the father that I want to be to them as far as time wise, you know?
0: Yeah, your story about like, I guess, really deciding like the the kind of the gigs and the events that you want to take on reminds me of Arnold Schwarzenegger, who... He was super selective on what roles he took cuz he had a business that was doing like granite installation in LA and that that was his cash cow. Yeah. He's making all this money from his granite installation, it was European something installation in LA and that allowed him nice cash flow to be super selective with his time and only like do yeah. the most impactful things that were worth his time and that he really had passion to do.
1: Yeah. And, and that, and that's, and that's where I want to get to. I truly want to get to that place where I'm just like, I'm truly only moving to do the things that, that, that I, that I want to do, that I'm really passionate about, that are the things that I love, the things that, that, that I'm, that I'm excited to do, you know, and not like I'm not excited to, to do, you know, to, to ride the ride of being the quote unquote celebrity. Right. Cause that, that's always a blessing. Like I would never forsake that by any means, you know, to, to be able to walk up to somebody, And have them smile from ear to ear because they remember one of your fights and want to take a picture. Uh, Yeah, I I love being able to make people's day like that, right? Yeah, the world can be a pretty crappy place sometimes, but if you can make somebody smile and pass the joy, then that's what it's all about, right? So I I, I enjoy that, but at the same time, I kind of feel like when I do that for so long, I just kind of feel like ran through. You know, like I just am just burning so much that I'm I'm not. I'm not able to give back to myself in, in a way that that's going to sustain me for a long time, you know? So I really started to think about like, what did I want to get out of life and, you know, where, where, you know, kicking the ball where I want it to be, right. You know, where I, where I imagining the ball to be, where I want to score that goal. So I'm thinking like, okay, if I'm going to serve myself up this goal, I got to, you know, make all the steps right in order to really put myself in prime position and, you know, unattended retail and the way that the world is right now, it, it's where it's going. Because like when I tell people about the vending machine business and, and, you know, I'm involved, they look at me as if like, okay, what did you do wrong as a fighter? Did you mess up your money? You know what I'm saying? Like they look as if like, you know, they, they don't really see well, it. It's not they, sexy at all. No, it's, it's not. It's not yeah. sexy. It's not. It's not sexy well, at all. That's what makes
0: money. You know, everyone yeah. <laughs> wants to open up like uh, a gym franchise yeah. and franchise and guess what if everyone's doing it there's crazy competition and you're probably not going to make as much money
1: right yeah and and that's it i mean it's like um you know i think a lot of people when they think of the the vending business they they get they stop at the vending okay you're selling snacks but it's like this is more than just about snacks this is about unattended retail and all things that are vending so it, it's a great opportunity to kind of Hedge my bets in a direction where I feel like you know the nation is is really going, the, the world is for that matter.
0: And where where are your unattended retail machines, and how many do you have?
1: Well, I, I have eight of them, and, and I'm still in the process of getting a place. You know, I'm in the process of getting like two directly placed right now. So uh, it's been it's been really fun. I got eight of them, and they're up in like uh they're up in the the West Palm Beach area. So it's, uh, it's, it's fun, you know, and here's the thing about it, like for, so for eight hours, so for eight machines, each machine takes an hour. So it's one hour, one hour each machine. So that's eight hour work week to make sure I maintain the machine and stuff like that, you know? So, but I have uh, a good team of people around me. Like I have, you know, my nephews and my godson and, you know, family members that I can employ, right? I can employ to do some of the you know to do some of the work for the machines that need to be done as far as attending them and filling them up and things like that so it it just offers me another way to kind of you know support my family without having to like give them money for not doing anything
0: (laughs) it It teaches them work ethic
1: yeah especially especially my uh you know, uh, you know, uh, the the gods and stuff like that, the, the, the kids, you know, they they want to, you know, I mean, you know, they they don't beat me up too bad about asking for money. But, you know, you know, they, I got to hook them up every once in a while. So it kind of helps them out a little bit and Apparently, makes me feel like better if the they got work for it. The
0: labor rate of people like in their teens is like going way down. Like I, yeah. I worked in high school in the winters at a ski shop like 20 hours a week from like 16 to 18. And that's a lot of my friends were kind of doing similar things where I think people, well, I know the stats. Teens are not working at the same rate as they did years back.
1: No, no way. Not, not, not even close, not even close. Like, you know, not, not teens, but I'll, I'll look at it like from, so I, I also one of the the hats that I wear is I have a gym in South Florida as well too. Right. I just reopened it and started another gym and, um, You have athletes that that come and, you know, train who wants to go to the next level, potentially go to one of the big organizations, UFC, Bellator, one of those kind of things, right? So these athletes, they want to live the life of a fighter and living a life of a fighter means that that's all you do for the moment you wake up is train to be a better fighter. Some of them are not in the economic position to do that, right? They don't have any big con- contracts with these organizations and they haven't really started making that, mon- that money yet. So they don't want to work. And it's like, dude, when I was trying to make it to where they were at, I worked all the way up until I got like up until like my first two fights in the UFC, I had a normal job. I was yeah, working, you know? Hustling. So yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't even about me, you know, being able to be like, oh, you know, I, I want to just be a full-time fighter. I wasn't a full-time fighter until it got to be a distraction at my work because people recognized me at my work for fighting.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, certain aspects of like hard work, you know, and I don't know if it's just a time, a phase that we're going through, but, um, you know, hopefully hopefully people wake up because that really sets your career where if you're not working super hard in your teens, early 20s, Um, and before you have a wife, kids and all that, you know, what, what happens if, (laughs) if you're 28 or early thirties and that's the first time you have to grind it and, Oh, you're not just by yourself, but you have a family to feed. I mean, that's, that's, I
1: I know, like, you know, it's just a different, different with these kids, you know, these, these kids have found, um, easier ways to make money. Right. And because the easier ways to make money have, uh, you know, really panned out. For for some people that really weren't talented, right? You know, uh, everybody thinks that they can do it, and everybody can't. Everybody can't do it. You know what I'm saying? There's there's going to be a lot that can't do it. You know, because what appears to be so easy, it, it may not be that easy, and and, and is definitely a lot of chance, a lot of luck, and 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 uh, or it's you know, non transferable. Non transferable. Like you're, you're doing right. like
0: influencer influencer marketing, and you're really trying to sell your image and then all of a sudden like instagram changes the algorithm and like you're you're cut out you're yeah. not making much money and you all your experience is on that one thing it's and you've cooked. never worked for anyone <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely man so yeah i mean i'm just you know the thing, Patrick. For me, like you know, it 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 was the transition from being an athlete uh, full time for the most part, and then now to the rest of my life was something for me that was it, it was a bit difficult at first. You know, it wasn't such an easy, smooth transition because even though the writing was on the wall as far as like should I continue to fight or should I retire, I, I still had such a hard time letting it go. I had a hmm. hard time letting it go and transitioning to the rest of my life because fighting moved me in a way that nothing else moved me. Was it, it just moved. the
0: energy and the flow that you got from from that type of work?
1: You know, it was, uh, to put it simply, you know, every single time that I had to fight, it was like a big test, you know, like a big test that, you know, I, um, that I would give myself. And the task was on so many levels. It'd be it's a physical test for one, but it was more tested on my 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 emotional and mental strength. You know, that was what was tested the most. My my emotional and mental fortitude and as a uh, Michigan State graduate of, with a psychology degree, I'm fascinated with the mind. I'm fascinated yeah. with with my I mind. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Other
0: podcasts I've listened to with Joe Rogan that you're on. I mean, you're yeah. thank God you kept your mind after after your career in mixed martial arts because a lot of people aren't aren't as lucky, you know, know. leaving that I, space. And you're sharp.
1: <laughs> I've been I've been I've been blessed. I've been I've been very blessed. Um, so like you know, I, I was looking to kind of you know find something that was that, that really went along with that that spirit of mind and uh, it took me a while it took me a while to find it and uh, you know I, I battled depression, I battled just just uh, I battled myself, right I battled myself and um, it was it was a hard thing for for a while but then I started to you know slowly pour my heart into things that that I enjoyed you know and you know that's how that's what led me to starting Umbo. Uh, you know, and, and I'm one of three founders. Uh, the other one is Dale Jolly, you know, which is a good friend of mine who I met through Charlotte's Web. Uh, and, you know, he's pretty much schooled me on the whole game of what I know about, you know, uh, mushrooms in general, functional mushroom. And then there's uh, Jake, the snake plumber, which is, you know, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, oh, yeah. Denver Broncos, and, you know, just an awesome quarterback, awesome human being, right? So when, when I start when we've kind of started this company, you know, it was off of the heels of what you know what functional mushrooms have have done in our lives. You know, it was the benefits that the functional mushrooms have done in our lives that that made it so that I was like, and, and we were like, you know, we need to find uh, a way to offer, you know, what we've gotten out of these mushrooms to the world. And you know, we kind of felt like we had like a, a little niche when it comes to you know using these mushrooms because you know, we're athletes, you know, and, and the way that, you know, we were doing our You know, the way we would do our regimen and things like that, we felt as if like we can add, you know, a few formulas together that make the mushrooms, the functional mushrooms hit at a athletic performance rate, you know, like, you know, like a pre-workout, that kind of type feel and, you know, post-workout kind of feel. So we, we, we designed our company with that in mind and, you know, through working in that space with the functional mushrooms, it's just been such a pleasure, but it's like when you follow your heart, like when you follow your heart, when you follow your passion, it's crazy because out of that fall in your passion, you then find other things that you're passionate about, you know, because it's that love, right? It's the love of of doing something you're passionate about. And then slowly but surely you find something else that you love and you're passionate about that's linked to what you were doing, you know? It's so it hits. It's, For me,
0: I, I say it as like what makes you feel alive. Yes and chasing those activities and really knowing what makes you alive and being open to finding other things that make you alive.
1: Yes. Yes. That's, that's, that's exactly it. And that's exactly what my whole, um, my whole transition has been, been about just really finding things to make me feel alive and really getting, getting down to the bottom of, of who I am, because after being in, in the position that I was in for so long, being, being the fighter, being, on the wrestler. world stage i mean you yeah were... yeah i mean after being on a world stage it's kind of like it's intoxicating in so many ways you know and um there there's a bit of a come down from it you know there's a bit of a come down from it and it's kind of like
0: Well think like a lot of people you know a lot of careers people are hitting their peak at like 50s maybe even yeah. early 60s and for athletes it's could be late twenties.
1: Yeah. Like and you, you hit you, that
0: peak and unless you switch to something else and there's famous athletes like Shaq who just dominate and have a franchise empires and fishing yeah. out. But, um, if you know, and, and Rashad Evans in a few years will, will, will be saying, yeah, he made it, uh, you know, he has this crazy portfolio and he made his transition Man, um, I'm, and you're I'm obviously working. Well on your way, but yeah, unless the, unless athletes make the transition, like it does, it does seem like it can be kind of hard.
1: Yeah, it's incredibly hard because, you know, the thing that happens is like as an athlete, when you're at the top of your game, you're so focused on your game. You're not doing every single thing. You're not you're not you're not doing everything for yourself. Right. You have so many people answering emails for you, you know, ordering you flights and uh, working on, you know, you're paying your bills, right. Paying your bills and all these different things that 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 you kind of allocate to people just because you're just. Too busy, and and if you did it, then it would really take a lot of time out of your day, and, and you need to focus, right? So when you when you don't do simple things for so long, you kind of atrophy, right? Th- those muscles kind of atrophy, and like those business atrophy, those business muscles kind of atrophy. And I was suffering from a bit of that, you know, a- a- after I kind of got out of the sport, and it took a while for me to kind of like like work it back, you know. And I'm still working it back. I'm still working, you know, to be more. Business-minded, business-oriented, and things of, of that nature, and um, it's been a great process. It's been it's been a great process, but you know, it, it's been something that I had to really dig down and fight for. You know, literally fight for and fight, you know, myself and, and just really to to really get my mind around what needs to be done in the next phase of my life.
0: Well, I've interviewed a lot of franchisees, and I think there's different kind of career profiles that can are analogous to athletes. Like you have veterans where they're, they're hitting their peak yeah. and maybe there are special forces and they were doing crazy missions And now they're, they had a honorable discharge. There was maybe an injury and they've got to find their calling. They're having trouble finding a job. So they're kind of forced into entrepreneurship and you have that mid-level executive that, you know, maybe he's 45 getting paid a quarter million a year, nice bonuses, company car assistant, and he has people doing everything for him. Um, Kind of like that. Some of these military ops folks where they have a mission and everything else is handled. And now they're, now they're, you know, the options, business ownership and you're kind of on your own and uh, there are people that can help transition like business opportunities like naturals to go franchise systems that you entered but there's definitely a lot of soul searching from what i've what i've heard and, and kind of what we're talking about today yeah
1: you're you're 100 right you know it, to me it's uh it's all about soul searching it's all about finding you know what's best for you you know um some people would do better in the franchise opportunity uh, some people do better in the business opportunity. you know business uh opportunity like like natural ago, Right. And, and um, you know, with, with, with uh, for me, the reason why it resonated with me is because, you know, with, with this business opportunity with natural ago, you're not paying any franchising fees and you're still getting all the benefits of being in a franchise. I mean, by that, I mean, you have like a huge supporting staff that really makes it so that they, they do their best. So you're successful. I mean they they will, they will walk it walk you through it as slow as you need it you know and help you out as much as they can hold your hand along the way to to, to help you get you know to where you need to be because they don't make money as a company unless you you know buy more machines and you're only going to buy more machines if you're making money, if you're making money. Right. So, so they're incentivized to really make sure their own operators are, you know, um, are successful in meeting the market. And that's another reason why I was like, dude, this is, this is a, a good opportunity for me to really you know, start to, uh, get, put myself in a position where I can, um, you know, because the thing about this, I can scale this up as much as I want to, I can scale it and only have, you know, eight machines or I can go up to all the way, you know, to 500 or so it all depends you know, on like,
0: what, what's like the natural to goes owner that has like the most machines, like it's in the hundreds.
1: Yeah. So there's this guy named, um, Robert Dean uh, out of, out of, uh, Pennsylvania. And this guy has like. I think he has 500 plus machines (laughs) and, and, and listen, he's growing, he's growing. I mean, he's he's
0: investing in more, more,
1: yeah, more because it's not even like his, his, he has like mini markets and all all these different kinds of, you know, um, unattended retail spaces. And he's really creative on how he's, you know, uh, doing his, his unattended retail space. You know, it's like, he's, he he's really figured it out and um to see the way that he scaled it up is very encouraging because, you know, I can I can be somebody who wants to just have a passive income or I can, you know, as big as I want to, like Robert Dean. So it's it, it's good to see owner operators like that because it kinda lets you, you know, get lost in your imagination on the possibilities of what things could be.
0: I like also that natural Go has more optionality than like a typical business opportunity or franchise where yep. most franchises, you as the owner, you're grinding it for 24 months. If you don't do that, you're not making much money. You don't have something to sell. Right. So it's like you open a home service franchise for hundred K, you could sell that tomorrow for like maybe 20 K. No one's yeah. going to buy it. It's not making money. So yep. you have to get it to where it makes at least hundred K a year. Yes. And then you can sell it maybe if you want for 300 K. Or yep. you can put a day-to-day manager in place and yes. do something else. But if you, if you don't execute the plan for the, you know, the franchise model, there's no kind of flexibility in those two or three year period. It's either you, you, you go all in, you make the money, you can put a manager in place, you could sell it, you continue to open growing, or you're going to lose all your money or yeah. lose the lion's share of your yeah, money.
1: And, and, that, and that's, and that's something that kind of made me just kind of like, you know, it, I don't know if franchising is right for me because I mean, it's tough, you know, like for me, like I'm on such a time crunch anyways. Right. So I had to get something that work with my time. But look, at at the end of the day, you know, the notoriety of being, you know, connected with the sports world and still being out there. It, it helps me in other areas, right? That's still that's still a business, you know. Being able to uh, have that stage, so I I understand, you know, the value of that. So, uh, you know, that that's something that I got to keep 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 as much as I can. You know, I got to stay out there as much as I can, but at the same time, without overextending myself. And and that and that's the thing for me, like trying to find that that perfect balance, that Goldilocks zone for me is is what is what I'm truly striving after, and I feel like. I feel like maybe by the end of the year I'll be in that perfect Goldilocks zone where I can just kind of put it on cruise control and kind of just kind of enjoy, you know, some, you know, what I've been building for, you know, the last four years since I retired.
0: We we've seen it with other business owners where they like having a, a business that's like steady cash flow, and then there's like one that's more like e-commerce selling some goods on on Amazon or, or something that's more virtual. And I could see that being kind of similar with, with your mushroom company where there might be ups and downs. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you're not taking a dividend distribution that month, but you still need to pay the bills. Yeah. But the value of that company like, is going to go up a lot more than the value of your eight vending machines.
1: Right. Absolutely. Like
0: one day there could be a, a crazy paycheck when some multinational decides to just buy you out and it's... Too good to say no. Um, yeah. but you know, having that business that gives you cash flow, as well as for your case, also having the money coming from uh, the sports, um, the sports world, uh, seems like it balances out pretty well, and it's a nice little portfolio strategy. Yeah, it,
1: it is, man, and it, it's balancing out pretty well because, like, like you said, you know, um, I, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about just just the passion that I have about the products that I'm involved in, and, and that's yeah. what makes it. Yeah easier for me to do right the the fact that i can truly give myself to these projects without worrying about so right now you know about what is it paying me right now you know i'm not going to get a lot of money from doing the humble thing right now you know we're we're still making our way you know we're still carving our way we're still you know getting getting our piece of the pie and uh that's fine that's okay i'm all for the work because I truly believe in the vision and what we have going on at Umbo. You know, I feel like when it, when it comes to, you know, bringing a great product and having a great story behind it, I feel like, you know, at at Umbo, we, we have those things, you know, and I feel like our story, it resonates with a lot of people, you know, because it's a story about healing, it's a story about overcoming. And it's a story about triumph, you know, triumph over, over the self, you know, and um, it is funny, Patrick, because like, I wasn't, so much of this person, uh, during my career, meaning the fact that, yeah, I I was, I was more or less, you know, uh, mindset of just a fighter, you know, mindset of a fighter, but now I've kind of changed my mind over to, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset and, uh, you know, things are different, you know, things are different. I view the world differently. I view my time differently. And uh it's pretty fascinating to see because it's like once you think you know yourself, there's still another level to, to be learned. And um it's been a great experience for me to kind of to to kind of get this, you know. Um another project that I'm involved in, you know, I, I have this NFT project that I'm involved in. And it's called Metatodes. And Metatodes. Yeah, Metatodes. And Metatodes is uh, you know, based off an experience that I had um. Uh. uh with, with the bufo Oliverus, uh toad, um, and that was part of me, you know, me kind of transitioning to the next phase of my life, you know, and with the experience that I had with, with the uh the, the bufo alvarezes toad, I started to see more of myself, and, and and off of that, and off of that whole experience, it helped me work through that that depression, that anxiety, that feeling of of what what else can life bring. You know, because th- there's a there's a there was a big moment of despair of like okay like what now you know my whole life has been pretty much not my whole life but I could say that my my last 20 years have been regimented by me having a next fight on the horizon right me a project, a project always something on the horizon right and yeah. not having something on the horizon not having a project I, I just felt like. I felt like I was going to die. Let's just be honest. I just feel like, I felt like my life was over, you know,
0: people do die when they retire. like a, like they have serious illnesses or, you know, it's real. Yeah.
1: So for me to find myself um, and to, you know, have uh, that experience, it really kind of helped me to open myself up in a different way in order to really receive all the things that I've been receiving. So when, so when I have, this NFT project, you know, a big part of the proceeds are going to go to mental health awareness, you know, because mentally speaking, I, I, I struggled a whole lot, you know, I struggled a whole lot and, um, you know, just, just trying to really come from that place where I was being my pure, my pure self and not feeling as if like I needed to be quote unquote Rashad Evans, a celebrity fighter guy, you know? That that took a that took a
0: hypermasculine yeah, the, guy.
1: Like, Hyper masculine guy. Yeah, right. The the one who always for poses in the picture with his stuffed fist up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so I, I I I had to um go go through that transition. And uh, you know, one one of the biggest things that helped me do it was that experience. And so when I had my NF- NFT project, you know, I was like, you know, it, it was it was depression, it was the anxiety, it was the thing that, you know, that was really causing me the most, you know, the hardest time was those things. And um, my project within my NFT project has been, you know, uh, has been a fun project to work on because once again, I attach myself to something that is 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 me. It's a reflection of me. So when I when I talk about my NFT project, I talk about it with the same excitement. That i talk about, you know, natural the goal or humble or because it's, you know, this is the new, you know, this is where I've been. This is where I've been since I've been retired. You know, this is this has been the things that I've been working on. And these are not only the things that I've been working on, but these are the things that really hold near and dear to my heart.
0: Yeah. And your delivery format of an F- NFT is also riding a trend. Yeah. Like we're in a little bit of a crypto winter. Right. And blockchain winter, but it's going to bounce back. Yeah. And when it bounces back, you want to, if you position yourself, and that you're already in that ecosystem you can ride a nice wave
1: yeah you really can and you know that's another thing that i've been really um excited about like web web, you know uh like like web 3 is different you know Be, being a yeah. part of that community has been has it's been a community yeah it, it, it's 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 really something that um i didn't expect i didn't expect you know because i'm used to being online and getting you know kind of you know trash talk to and you know people say People say the craziest things to me. Like for some (laughs) reason, people don't really think I'm a human being, right?
0: I get that just like, probably like 1% of what you get with our videos. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. I found the the worst comments, people write it then delete it yeah i've had some like really nasty stuff and then 5 minutes later the person deletes it cuz they're like like no. i just wrote this yeah
1: like I, i've had people write something to me so nasty i try not to respond but then i respond and then they're like come do a complete 180 and you know it's just like they just Oh, I'm sorry, man. And you just wanted to just see if I was like, they just wanted to pinch me to see if I was real. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That's sad. I mean, um, yeah, so. yeah, it took me like 18 months to really like check my ego and like not take stuff personally and look for in the, even the bad comments. Like there's some that are hyper bad, but usually the bad comments, there's something that I can improve my right. work.
1: Absolutely. On. Yeah. And the
0: person's delivering it in a very insensitive way. Yeah. Like I did a video of Kona ice and I mistakenly said ice cream instead of shaved ice.
1: Yeah. And the guy's
0: like complaining about that. And he's actually right. He, he yeah. didn't say it in a nice way, but he was right. Like yeah. I should have, if I'm reporting on a franchise, I should get the names right and what product they they sell. Absolutely, so, yeah. It's good feedback. Yeah, he, he was kind of rude with it, but yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'll take the feedback. Yeah, I'd absolutely. rather have that feedback than no feedback.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, but I mean that that's that that's web two though. Web, web two, you gotta be yeah. tough skin. For you gotta be tough. <laughs> like, you know, you gotta be <laughs> tough. You know, uh, you know, after you got them scammers and, and those kind of people, but I think for the most part, it's more community-driven. And I feel like, I feel like at the end of the day, not to sound too sappy or too corny, but I feel like what's gonna pull all of us worldwide out of the state that we're in right now is bringing back community. Definitely, you know. And I feel like, I feel like what has happened is the fact that we've, you know, community's been broken, and I feel like maybe community haven't. Ha- it's, it's definitely broken, right? But I feel like it just needs to be reconstructed because now my community isn't just my direct neighborhood because now I'm able to reach across the world. Yes. you know, people, so, are,
0: people are passionate, feel alive about whatever activity you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like my community now is a worldwide community, whereas before it may have just been my neighborhood, my, you know, my town, my city, industry you work my in. state, my industry that I work in. But now community's gotten so much. So much bigger, and 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 I feel like you know we're making that adjustment in life and existence, and um, you know, I feel like Web three is really good for that. So that's been you know one of one of the one of one of my happier things about dealing with with the Web three space. You know, it did it has been slow, you know, with the crash and not the crash, I guess, the slowing down of the market. But I feel like every single time I get to do one, like the Twitter spaces, I get to go on there. I, I just go on there. I just talk and, you know, people enjoy the, the people hear it. People are sharing a
0: lot more. I yeah. think Web3, Web there's a lot of just insights that are flowing. Yeah. And it's for you to grab from from the community. I mean, the amount of quality information that's shared on, on these platforms um, and by enthusiasts of Web3, it wasn't like that, you know, five, ten years ago.
1: No, nah, not really, man. And, and it's like, you know, you, you know, on web two, you kind of see like if I was compared, I'll say like in web two, you see people more or less wearing the facade of who they want people to believe that they are. Right. And yeah. you see them advertising their things and their lifestyle and kind of making people get like that, you know, that, that, that feeling that, you know, that a shot and for you feeling. Right. So, uh, that's web two, but web three, it kind of seems as if like people are just at a point where they just like, I'm tired of pretending yeah. and I'm just going to be me. And if you don't like it, then find there, another there's community. Someone else that
0: you can like. And- yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But- well,
0: Rashad, we've unpacked a lot today. I've really enjoyed this. Um, there's a lot to, to go through and for prospective business owners, people going through a transition or even franchisors that and, and or companies like naturals to go in the business ownership space, like understanding the mindset and what Rashad's gone through is what, you know, there's the persona, of the athlete, but there's also the middle manager, uh, military veteran. There's a lot of people that go through a career transition and yes. you're by no means alone. And you like opening up so much about your transition is super helpful for, for everyone. Um, I've learned a lot. But I just wanted to see, is there any concluding thoughts for those that are going through that career transition where maybe they were laid off from their job? They're out of the military or they were an athlete and that's, you know, they've hit the peak of their career. Any yeah, kind of I, advice?
1: I, I would tell those people that um, you're not finished and you're not through. And, and, and uh, you know, find that thing that, that truly makes you smile, makes your heart smile you know, it it may not be easy and it may be, you know, harder for you to, um, hard to find it. But I feel like in the transition and especially with the transition for me, it was, it was my cocoon. It was time for me to kind of grow and change no matter if I retired or not. I felt as if like I was going to, you know, need to go into my chrysalis, you know, whatever that may have been, you know, and, um, it, it, it was because I just really wanted to just find that place where I can, you know, see what it was for me that, that kept me pushing through, but I'll just tell people to keep pushing through, man. And, um, and and connect with yourself. And I feel like when, when it comes to truly, um, getting to the next level in life, I feel like connecting with self is the most important, but a lot of people don't do it because, in order to connect with self, you got to hold that mirror up, and yeah. sometimes what's was what, what's what, what staring back at you is hard to look at. You know, it's hard to look at, but that's how growth happens. And when you're in the transition, that's what's required.
0: That's 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 some serious wisdom. Uh, it's and that's like that could have been like a speech, but that that was off. <laughs>
1: yeah. the top, so. I mean. <laughs> That's- let's end
0: it let's end it with that Rashad. i mean it was awesome okay. to have you on thanks again for opening opening up and uh next time maybe come back come down to our office in miami beach and we can have another uh conversation uh a dive a little deeper into some of these converse- uh, some of these topics that we discussed today
1: absolutely um yeah so um i just want to say if you want to follow me you know you can go and check me out on on Instagram at Sugar Rashad Evans. And uh, if you want to find out more information about Natural's Ago, you can hit me up on Rashad at, you know, Natural's com, and, you know, I'll answer whatever question you have about that. And if you want to check out Umbo, U M B O, you can go to getumbo.com and, uh, you know, I'll put in, I'll, I'll, uh i'll see if uh you know I, I can get a discount code for everybody to come and check send it the out links. yeah i'll send, I'll, I'll send,
0: send link. the links. We'll I'll send link. Get, yeah. the link for get umbo yeah naturals to go and and also some of your social media handles yeah for uh, sure um,
1: i'll i'll um i'll see if i can make a code uh patrick 15 so you can get like 15 percent off okay
0: and i'll be the first one to place the order
1: my man i appreciate that yes indeed awesome, Rashad. all right man Thanks i'll again. talk to you soon yep no doubt take care